Hello and welcome to The View from the Ninian. I'm Scott Salter and this week we're reflecting on that draw away at Derby. Robert Glatzel's first goal for Cardiff City and an old face coming back to haunt the Bluebirds in Scott Malone. We're also looking forward to Saturday's game against Middlesbrough. Another former Bluebird in town with Rudy Gasted visiting the Cardiff City Stadium. Talking about that and free agents who Cardiff could look at and, and maybe why one of Warnock's 15 rumoured free agent targets haven't come in. I'm joined as always by Ben Price and uh, it's a good one so enjoy. Well as always I'm joined by my lovely co-host Mr Ben Price. How are you Ben? Not bad my friend, how's it going? Yes, not too bad, not too bad. We were just saying it feels like an age since uh, that Derby game. It seems to be a trend at the moment with a couple of Friday night games and the international break. It just feels like a long time in between games. But that was our last game, a 1-1 draw against Derby at Pride Park. And what were your initial reactions to that game, Ben? Um, I thought it was not a bad performance, to be fair. Um, I think look, we look, apart from the goal, which was a bit of another defensive issue, I think it was pretty solid. Um Every, no one was outstanding, but I don't think anyone was particularly terrible. Um, they've looked a lot more firm at the back, and there was a couple of clear-cut chances. Um, there's still a long way to go going forward, but I think we're slowly getting back to what we were when we went up last time at the back. I think Flint and Morrison are finally starting to find a bit of rhythm with each other. Pelchi is consistent as ever, and uh, Bennett was all right. Um, again, I've still got questions over his form long-term, but it was better than previous games. So I think, yeah, overall, I was pretty happy. You say there about the defence is kind of finding its its rhythm a bit and, and, and gelling a bit. But, you know, we'll start with, with Derby's goal. And, and maybe before we talk about the defence, we should talk about your assessment of, of Scott Malone in the last podcast. <laughs> and then he pops up six minutes in, of course, grabbing Derby's goal. But, you know, defensively, it, it wasn't, wasn't the greatest. Um those are the type of goals that two years ago we wouldn't have been conceding, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's um, possibly looking back. I've been a bit hard. We've all been a bit hard on defence. You think there's a goalkeeper that's only played four games for the club. You've got a centre back that's come in that's never played with his, with this defence. Uh, we've lost Manga. Uh, Bamba's out long term. Um, it's a lot of change. There's a new, entirely new midfield. It's a lot of change for defenders to sort of react to. So there's going to be those slips of concentration. There's going to be those slight miscommunications that because the players aren't quite there reading each other. Um, it was just very unfortunate that it led to a goal, and it was even more unfortunate that it fell to that toss pot. <laughs> but Cardiff did reply on 19 minutes, a Robert Glatzel penalty, and it was huge, wasn't it? Him, him grabbing his first goal, and you know, there's a few elements to it. Obviously, still wanting that goal and having the courage to step up and and take the penalty to dispatch of it as, as well as he did but also the weight now that that's lifted off his shoulders I was buzzing for him I really was um, he's worked hard and not had a lot of chances really uh, he's not had a chance to show what he can do um, with the penalty he gets finally gets in front of Keogh finally got the ball at his feet and Keogh sort of rips him back it was just it was a stonewall penalty um, as much as Keogh tried to protest um, it was a stonewall penalty and just to see him have the just that's a lot of bollocks to do that, to pick up the ball. You've not got a goal and to take a penalty that well. It's sort of um, very similar to what Gary Medine did against Wolves. And um, I still, it's one of the things, Gary Medine's got his critics, but I still give him props for 
having the nuts to take the ball that time and take that penalty because it was actually a decent penalty um but you can see that miss was sort of the end of his yeah confidence really it sort of was the final nail in the coffin for him with his confidence and it could have been a very similar thing for Glatzel um he misses that penalty fans start asking those questions we know City fans sometimes can jump on a player's back quite quickly so to see him sort of tuck it away and with his hard work he really deserved that goal he really really did and just yeah absolutely buzzing for him yeah it'll be interesting to see how how he kicks on now because it has very much felt like he was just waiting for that one goal wasn't it you know he's had some good chances he's snatched at a couple of bit and kind of out of that desperation of of wanting that first goal so hopefully now you know that's a confidence boost you know took off the waters back as they say and it's uh you know hopefully he'll kick on now yeah there was just a couple of things he did after he got the goal that you could see all right he's picking up a bit of confidence here he's looking like the relief's off him he's got that weight off his shoulders i think the next thing for him is getting one in open play and um i think when that happens you'll see a totally different player out of him you'll see confidence you'll see sort of i don't want to go back to it but when a, when a striker gets a decent run of goals you saw what it done to kenza hoare um, back in Warnock's first season, you get a decent run of goals and strikers are unplayable. And he looks like he's got the strength and the ability on the ball to really cause defence problems if he's at the top of this confidence and really wanting to get out of players. So it's, um, yeah, it's exciting times. It really is. Um, yeah. And you can see how delighted all, all the players were for him. So that, you know, there's there's no question of, of if he's integrated well or, or settled in well, you know. And that's a big part, I think, you know, coming over his first first move outside of Germany, you know, completely different experience and, and you know, he seems well liked and seems to have settled in well. Yeah, it seems like um we've got a good good bunch of players. You could see that when we went up. It's very the core heart of the squad's still the same. It seems like it's not a doesn't seem like there's a bad lad that you really wouldn't get on with down the pub at the lot in our squad really. Bennett might be a bit talkative, but other than that, they <laughs> all seem like a good bunch of guys. They seem like they're friendly and yeah, you could just see the smiles on each one of those faces. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Ralls just, because I know he's normally the penalty taker, was just there, go and have it, just so he could get that goal. It's a t- um, the team spirit is something that's going to be huge for this this squad going forward, and I'm it's glad to see when that goal went in just how strong it is. Yeah, absolutely. And looking at the the selection, you know, we've talked in the past the the back four kind of picks itself. Bakuna got the nod in in midfield again. Um, Obviously, there's some questions after what he experienced on the international break and only arriving back in the UK, I think, was it the day before the game? Yeah. Um, so not a lot of time. But again, I thought he did well, he, you know, since that Reading game and as a whole this season, I think he's put in some pretty decent performances, but he's just one of those players that Cardiff fans have kind of, a lot of Cardiff fans have decided that they don't particularly like him. So whatever he does is going to be criticised. Yeah, I think you're spot on. Um Scott Johnson put on Twitter a while back that there's certain players that play for Cardiff that have their card marked. Um, I'm guilty of it. If he gives the ball away, I seem to get a bit more frustrated with him than I do, say, Joe Rawls, who's obviously another midfielder playing in the same position. Um, But he's impressed me. He really has. Um, I thought he was solid. Uh, I got a bit of flack on Twitter, as per usual, my uh, map player ratings, saying I probably marked him down a little bit. But... um, no, he did well. And look, to come back after what he's been through the last couple of weeks and uh, play like that after probably only a few hours kip with the jet lag and everything, no, he did well. He deserves a lot of praise. Yeah, I just find some of the reactions strange to it. I mean, there was uh, one person on Twitter I saw that 
after the game, or it might have been during the game, and like we said, Bakuna had a, a pretty good game, kind of tweeted how poor Bakuna is as a player, and it, I'm not completely disagreeing with the assessment, and probably not good enough if kind of want to be, you know, kind of challenging for promotion. But it's a strange assessment after a really good performance. Yeah, it's just he's one of those players that I think he wasn't a glamour signing. No one really wanted him when he came in. He didn't really do well when he came from uh, Reading um, to start with in the Prem. Didn't really do a lot. And it sort of, I, I know the guy you're on about. He, it was a conversation with me and Scott. And no matter what you put to him of what his role is in that squad and how he was doing it in that game, he seemed to just be, oh, no, he's terrible, he's terrible. I think there's been times you can call Bakuna terrible, but um, the last probably two, three games hasn't really been that. He's Yeah, it's just a strange he, assessment of that time. Yeah, it's, it's just he could score a bicycle kick from halfway line and it seems like some fans at the moment will just sort of hammer him for it and it's it's not nice. It's... um. Now, he deserves a lot of praise for the way he's played recently. And um, he's I won't say I'm going to be getting a Bakuna shirt with number seven on the back. Hmm. Um, I still don't think he deserves a number seven shirt full stop. But when a player for City plays well, you've got to give him the credit and say, look, he's improved. He's answering his critics well. And he's also given Warnock something to think about of when Pac's coming fit. It's not far off now. We're a few weeks away. And it's good to see someone make it, make it a bit more of a challenge for Pac to get straight back in and him not walk 100% back in the squad when he's straight away fit. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the rest side, Glatz was obviously the first-choice striker. And, and Gavin White and Josh Murphy seem to be the first-choice wingers at, at the moment, whether that'll change in the next few weeks and kind of Mendes Lang is getting back to full fitness. But the call that maybe surprised a couple of people, but obviously it transpired that Lee Tomlin had been in, uh, in a car accident in the week and had some whiplash Um I mean, he couldn't play because it would definitely, definitely put out his claim, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. You're not getting, you're not getting payout for whiplash if you're uh, on Sky Sports playing football. But <laughs> on the, the couple of days later, he's but, played a blinder there. Fair play to him. But it was Callum Patterson who got the nods at, at number ten behind Glatzel. A few people again, a bit critical of of his performance and um, saying he still looks slightly unfit or not like the Patterson that we know. But kind of looking at the stats. So were nine of his aerial duels and, you know, only Flint in a Cardiffshire won more than that. And how do you assess his performance in this game and also throughout the season? Do you think there's something not right there? I still think he's carrying an ankle injury. You see any knock on an ankle and he's going down and he really feels it. Um, he's not as sharp. He's not quick to that second ball as he was in the Premier League or in the last promotion season. He just seems that little bit off what we know he can be. And I think that's probably where the criticism's coming from. Um, he's a quality player. He's probably one of our best players and someone that will work tirelessly. But um, I just, yeah, it's, I don't think it's a fitness thing. I think it's an injury thing of there's still something not quite right with that ankle. And that's what's stopping him getting to that final 10% where he's at his best. And if I told you, Ben, that Josh Murphy completed the most dribbles in a Cardiff shirt in the game with, with three successful dribbles. And if I ask you to pick who you think the second highest Cardiff player with the most successful dribbles are, who do you think it would be? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, if it's going backwards, Gavin White. 
Um, Game might completed zero successful dribbles in the game. That sounds about right. Um, although I did actually think he did all right. That's a bit unfair on him. Um, do you know, what? I couldn't tell you. I'd probably say something stupid like Sean Morrison. Spot on. Yeah. <laughs> Two successful dribbles. He's missing Sol Bamber, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. Do you, what, what's your assessment there? A few people have, have talked about you know when Bamba comes back, coming straight in and really missing him, or, or do you think that's harsh on Flint? I think it's harsh on Flint. Um, played all right against Derby. Like, there was that one goal. Um, but then there's arguments, could Smith have done better not parry into it? It was a, There was, wasn't was one person totally at fault for that goal. It was sort of a team fuck-up. So, um, seeing it all together, I think it would be harsh on Flint to be dropped completely straight away. I also think just because Bamba appears on a bench, he ain't getting rushed back in. He's 35. He's just come back from a crucial knee injury. Um, it's going to take, if he comes back middle of October, you're not getting the best out of Bamba till Christmas. Um, and, and I think that's... No, there's no need to rush him, is there? No. Because, and this is no disrespect to, to Kieran Brown, but if, if we were having to play someone like Kieran Brown, who's inexperienced, who it's a risk at centre-half, maybe you would rush him back. But Aidan Flint's a very good championship defender. It's not... We're not particularly suffering. I know there's been questions over the defence, but we're not suffering because Bamba's not there, although we've missed him. Yeah, 100%. Um, we've also got Nelson, who, on the balls, question, some fans have questioned him again, but he's not really played a lot of championship football. But he's solid enough to be cover if uh, a player picks up a knock. There is no need to rush Bamba back at this stage. It's not like we're in a relegation battle. We're at the bottom. We're at the foot of the league. We're hammering 15 goals a game. Um just take the time. It's gonna be. It's a long season. We need to remember this. What are we? Ten games in? Eight, nine games in? Yeah. There is just no need to rush him. There's still thirty plus games to go. A lot of travelling to do. A lot of busy periods over Christmas, over Easter, New Year's. Um. Yeah. There's no need to rush him. I think if Bamba's starting to come back to his peak and really hitting peak fitness at Christmas. That's the perfect time. That's when you want to rotate. It looks like he could slot in at the perfect time and play a huge role and come back just the time. And just in time for the last Christmas chant as well, which I'm buzzing about. I know. I, I wish it went further than just Christmas. Yeah. It'll just start earlier, isn't it? Like, shops are... Like, I went to Asda the other day and they had an advent calendar out. Yeah. So as soon as the advent calendar's out, we should be able to sing that Bamba song. Yeah. Because it's just a banger. There we are. Against Borough starting it <laughs> speaking of chance what do you think or what do you make of uh oh no don't Joe... bring it up please please no no <laughs> you know where i'm going joe rawls oh, new no channel. i saw look, the twitter account fair place for the lads for trying look it's great that we're trying to give especially riles who's been there for so long trying to give him a unique chant but it's shit how does it's... it go for anyone who's not listened to it I, you know, I couldn't tell you. It was it was supposed to be a Stone Roses track. I'm not a Stone Roses fan at the best of times, and I have no idea what they were trying to sing, but it weren't that song. We should have got um, Baker on. I think he was uh, crying at the thought of a Stone Roses song being ruined. Yeah. It was just good on the lads for giving it a go. Like, those kids, they're having a go. There's, oh God, how old am I for saying those kids? <laughs> I'm only 28, um, which is amazing. Um, but yeah. They gave it a go, but um, it's back to the drawing board there. There's better chance that I haven't caught on. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, that minus four that that Twitter account you were talking about 
gave it was generous <laughs> very generous uh well we'll leave derby there ben and, and we'll take a quick break and we'll come back and chat about middlesbrough Well, next up for, for Cardiff City, Ben, is a home game on Saturday, 3 o'clock kickoff. We're welcoming Middlesbrough to the Cardiff City Stadium. What have you, what been your impressions of Middlesbrough so far this season? I think it's very similar to the situation we're in. Uh, fans feel they should be doing better. Um, I think it's a bit of a transitional period. They've got Woodgate in as manager now, and um, they're sort of not expecting as much as probably they were last year. They're not looking to get automatics, but I think in the back of their hearts, they're sort of back of their hearts. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Yeah. They're, hope, they're hoping to get into the top six or squeeze into the top six by the end of the season. Um, it's a decent squad. They're just, I think, similar to us, they're just struggling for goals a bit. Yeah, and you, you go through their squad and some some real kind of recognisable names and a good mix of of youth and, and experience, the likes of kind of Randolph and Daniel Ayala, um Sombolonga and people like that mixed with kind of the youth of Dale Fry and I was really impressed with um, Lewis Wing early on the season I think scored a screamer against Luton on the in the opening game um, yeah, they've got a, like their midfield's decent you look at it Marcus Brown's not bad yeah. uh, Paddy, Paddy McNair did really well in a shocking Sunderland side um, Adam Clayton there's some good players there's some really really good players Um yeah, it's not. It's, it's they're a solid team that really should be looking for the playoffs. And then, of course, they've got our old friend Rudy. Yeah, big old Rudy. Not sure if he's started any games this season. Actually, I'm sure he's behind uh, a Samba longer in the um, in the in their lineup. And they've got Ashley Fletcher as well. But he'll get a good good warm reception in the back of the city stage, won't he? Yeah, um, tried hard for us. Just looked a bit like Bambi on ice. His record for Borough isn't spectacular. I think if you look back, 20 games, three goals and two assists um, for a player that they signed. I think they paid about eight million for him. Um, you can understand why a couple of fans sort of question why he's in and around the squad. And they haven't got rid of him still. But um, yeah, for the City fans, he'll always get a good reception. Yeah, we did well to get. I think it was six million Villa paid for him, wasn't it? That's what it says on Borough's website, which is a pretty good fee for, for like I said, he... Tried hard, but pretty underwhelming in front of goal for us. Well, we didn't even get that. We got 250,000. He went to um, Blackburn, didn't he? And Blackburn uh, yeah, of course. was just on fire for Blackburn uh, with Craig Conway swinging the balls in, popping it onto his head. I think he got about 30 goals. And then um, went to... Yeah, it was Villa, wasn't it? Went to Villa then. Yeah, six million, yeah. Yeah, th- yeah, for Blackburn, 35 goals and 75 appearances. And then went to Villa for six million and um yeah it hasn't sort of worked out for him since then really well we didn't didn't do well to get money from him did no, we? we've made a mistake there but if you kind of look back at our records against uh borough we've got three wins in the last four meetings between the two sides and you know, there's particularly two games that that stand out in kind of recent history for me i'm not sure about you but one of them was uh the one that won in 2013 uh Fabio scored that absolute screamer, which I, I saw the, the club had put out on um, on their Instagram and social pages, uh, which was a nice little flashback. And then also that 2008 win on the roads to the FA Cup final, uh, Roger Johnson and Peter Whittenham with with the good goals and a pretty famous night for, for Cardiff City, that. 
Yeah, it's a decent record. It's sort of on those clubs that when they came down, um, we've all we've done pretty well against since then. Um, I don't want to jinx it and say it's going to carry on that result. It just seems like they're one of those teams that when we go away, we manage to pick up three points. And when, when they're at the Cardiff City Stadium, we seem to do all right as well. Um, they've always been scrappy affairs. I don't think this is one that will be uh, top of people's list to stream. It's going to be a cagey, scrappy game, sort of similar to how we've been all season. Um, I know Woodgate's trying to get away from that Tony Pulis style, but that squad there isn't quite ready for what Woodgate wants to put in. Um, it ain't going to be a classic by any stretch of the imaginations. I don't think any of them have been, but it'll be a decent game, I think. Yeah, and looking at their the re- recent results as well, like you said at the start, an absolute mixed bag and you know losses against the likes of, of Blackburn and uh, drew with Luton, lost to Brentford, um, but beat Reading in their last match and, and drew with Bristol City in the one before that. So like I said, a real mixed bag, kind of two teams still looking to, to really find their feet and momentum going head-to-head. So sometimes that can that can lead to an exciting game and, and lots of chances, but more often than not, it seems to result in teams cancelling themselves out and you know a pretty tight game, which is how I'd probably expect this one to go on Saturday. Yeah, I think it's going to be... Um... They're going to be looking to come for at least a point. Uh, they've unbeaten in the last two games. They're looking to really get their season going. And um, suddenly a win away or a point away, taking them up, they're not too far from the playoffs. And it's not, after a bit of a dip at the start, it's suddenly not looking too bad. Whereas we really, really need to be picking up this win. It, there's more pressure on us to get the win in this game than there is from Borough, from the fans' expectations. We're really looking to build a good home record and... Fans will still, there's still a bit of pressure, there's still a bit of the ill feeling from the Luton game, the Reading game. It's still sort of not quite disappeared yet. And um, I know we're unbeaten. Is it unbeaten in five, I think we are now? Uh, unbeaten in four. Unbeaten in four, four sorry. Four league games, yeah. Four league games. So, sort of unbeaten in five, it's a decent start, but I think we need to start turning some more of those draws into wins and pushing our way close to the playoffs. We're four points off now. Um, but I think, yeah, fans will be expecting more from us. I think there'll be a bit of pressure and it could not turn. But there is a bit of expectation from fans here that this is a game we need to win at home if we're going to look for that top six or top two positions. Absolutely. And, and you said there about um, only four points outside the playoffs and it kind of puts it into perspective, doesn't it? Of You know, I wouldn't, I, I doubt any Cardiff fans would say we've had a good start to the season yeah, we're only four points outside the playoffs, which is, you know, kind of where we want to be. So, you know, it puts into perspective how competitive this league is, how tight it is, and it can literally turn around at any time. Um, but also how how long there is to go, really. And, you know, it could all all change. And, and you know, average starts shouldn't be worried about too much. No, I'd be much more concerned if you're sort of Stoke or Huddersfield. One point, bottom two. Um, that's when you're looking to panic. Even Derby down in 19th, they're not sort of pulling the panic button just yet. And I don't think we should either. Um, it's not been the best starts. I think everyone can acknowledge that. But the injuries we've had, the sort of unluck. We've been we've been a bit unlucky, but we've also created our own bad luck. And um, yeah, it's not it's not a great start. No one would have expected, everyone would have expected better. But it's not horrific when you look at it overall. 
And, you know, at the Cardiff City Stadium, you want to be winning those home games and you make a bit of a, a fortress. And we are unbeaten in the league at home this season. Obviously, we had that pretty dire League Cup game against Luton in which we lost 3-0. But, you know, you've got to get a good record at home in this division, haven't you? And you could then afford to maybe draw games games on the road that, and, you know, any points picked up on the road in the Championship, I think, is a pretty good point. Yeah, definitely. I think if you're looking to pick up, I think... To get promotion, you need to be averaging two points uh, throughout the season. So three points at home is massive. It's something that's much needed. The odd win then, you're looking at playoffs, getting a good run away from home as well. Then you're looking top two. But the home form, I don't think there's many teams that have made the playoffs with a poor home record. Um, The home is where you build your foundations from to really sort of push on and get to those top six places. Absolutely. And... We don't have a, a Borough fan coming on this week, but if we did and if we uh, asked them who who would they pinpoint as Cardiff's danger man, I'm sure they'd say Robert Glatzel, who of course scored a hat-trick against them in a 5-1 friendly win uh, in pre-season for Heidenheim and hopefully he can uh, recreate that in a Cardiff shirt. Yeah, it'd be amazing if he could. I don't think what's the last player we had to score a hat-trick. Peter Whittingham against Wolves? Possibly, yeah. I, I think I, it... I think it's that far back since we've had a player score a hat-trick for us in a competitive game. So um, The closest yeah. we've had is probably Shane Duffy with two own goals. Yeah, or um, Rudy Gestead scoring two and almost made me run down St. Mary's Street naked. <laughs> um, yeah, it's um, it's been a while, so if he could do that, it would do us a big favour. I know um, Middlesbrough, one of the teams, actually looking at Glatzel, so they're going to be well aware of the threat he brings and sort of his strengths and weaknesses. He's been well scouted by Middlesbrough, so they're going to know what to expect there. So, um, yeah, it could be interesting. It could be a case of, does Warnock even risk it? Does he give him that sort of, bring him off the bench at the end and give someone like Bogle, who's sort of pushed for a start, or even Vassell, who scored uh, for the development side on Monday, Tuesday? Yeah. Um, As did Gary Medina, I believe, didn't he? Yeah, and I think Etheridge uh, played his first game as well. So, um the players are starting to come back in. Uh, Vassal's obviously had an injury. Efridge had an injury. There's going to be a couple of um, tough decisions coming up for Warnock um, on Saturday. And talking of tough decisions, and I'm sure this is it, it, Saturday's too soon, it would be on there, but published an article on the site today looking at the Smithies versus Etheridge uh, debate. And Scott Johnson argues that Etheridge should walk straight back into the side. And uh, I tend to agree agree with him do you or, or do you think Smithies has de- deserved enough to to keep his shirt for now it's a tough one um I don't think there's an easy answer if Etheridge is fit he's the number one keeper um I think the defenders would be a lot more assured with him between the net I still don't think the centre-backs have the confidence in Smithies because they just don't know how he plays compared to sort of Morrison's understanding with Etheridge of right he can't kick so I've got to come and collect it at some point um, there's still a, an understanding still to be made there but realistically is there much eth- uh, Smithies has done wrong it's it would be very harsh to drop him it's 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 a tough call it really is there's 50-50 either way I'm one minute I'm there oh yeah bring Etheridge back in he's our number one he's our best keeper and then I'm sort of thinking but Smithies hasn't really done anything wrong to be dropped if you're Smithies and you get dropped after not a lot you've done wrong. Come January, you're definitely looking at that move and saying, come on, look, I had a run the second he was fit. Um, 
you put me back out there. It's um, not going to work for me. I want to move on. Yeah, I kind of think that um, F3 just kind of deserved and earned that right, though. You know, it's it's his only spell, really, that he's missed since since joining the club. Um, obviously, he chose not to go to the... Was it the Asia Cup? So he could he could stay yeah. in, in Cardiff and help the promotion bid. I kind of think he's earned that, that right to to come back in and say, you know, look, I'm top dog here. I'm number one. You know, this is my shirt and and I've deserved, I've done enough to deserve to keep it. Um, but like I said, it'll be, you know, that's, that, that's too soon. I think it'll be, you know, probably another month until we see Etheridge properly ready for first team football. Uh, well, I don't know if it'll be that long. I think in his head, he's looking, if not, he'll probably be on the bench against um, Middlesbrough. But I think he's probably got, another game in mind he's possibly looking at something like the Hull game to try and get back in there or at the very latest he wants to be starting uh, for QPR at home I think they're the two targets he's probably set himself in his head yeah we'll, we'll see and any other kind of selection uh, headaches you, you think Warnock do do you think Tomlin will come back in for this I think certainly at home it's the option to go with uh, I think so I think purely because I don't think uh, Patterson's fit um, it's not a knock on Pats and I still like I said I think there's that injury issue um, Tomlin's not done a lot wrong to get dropped obviously with the whiplash but at home he's got that creative spark that can really get something going um, I but still it also like to see a four four two though with, with Bogle and Glatzel I agree but I just don't think it's ever going to happen um, Warnock's never been a four four two guy since probably what the early 2000s I don't think he's played four four two. he played one up top for Sheffield United um, and he's been that way all the way through. I don't think he's ever going to play a four-four-two. Um, it wouldn't surprise me to see um, Purcell playing in that ten would be a option. Um, whether it's the right one, whether he's capable of that, I don't really know. But um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Hoyler go in there. He's done all right when he's coming on the ten. Yeah. Um, he's created chances, so he's another one. And also now Mendes looks to be fit again. Um, Murphy or Gavin White are their positions up for grabs. Have they done enough to really hold on to that shit without being challenged? Um, this question's there. Yeah, and Ben, finally, what is your score prediction for the game on Saturday? Uh, I'm going to go for a scrappy 1-0. Uh, I think we'll, if we get a clean sheet and manage to nick three points, then it's a fantastic result for us and really sort of gives the, gives everyone a much-needed boost and sort of could be a kickstart to our season then, um, really looking at the table. Yeah, I've got a good feeling. I think we've, you know, ignoring the the cup game, which, which had a bit of a weakened side. I think we've kind of steadied the ship a bit and, and been getting good draws and, and a good result against Huddersfield um, to as a kickstart for the season. I think it's all going to gel and all come come into place against Borough. I'm going for a three-one win. Oh, that's a big shout! That's a big shout. I might regret it next week. You know. We lose 2-0. Well, you could have a Scott Malone incident. I could. And I'm sure you'll <laughs> um, remind me of it. Oh, 100%. The only issue is if uh, Brit Sombolong is on form, we know our centre-backs aren't the quickest. So if he can get between the two and run onto something, then um, it could be a busy day for Peltier and Bennett. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but if they manage to keep him quiet, which to be fair, they uh, Morrison's done before when we've played them, um, we should be all right. I think that's the big threat. Yeah. I think if the, you you put the big men on, you put Fletcher on or Gestead on. I think then we're not. Then it becomes a physical battle, which I fancy our centre backs all day to come out with. 
Um, Asamba Longa running in behind the strikers, I think, is the big worry. Yeah, I think, I mean, we tend to play a fairly deep line anyway, but I think against that type of striker, that's just what you've got to do and force force the play kind of in front of you so he can't get those balls in behind and just play it to feet and that fits pretty well into into Morrison who Flynn to particularly Morrison quite likes nicking in front of a centre half to in yeah. front of a striker sorry to to win the ball so I think that's how, how they win that battle it's just if if they leave any space in behind particularly you know, if Etheridge is in goal he's a lot quicker off his line I think than than Smithy so he's, he's quite good at playing that more of a sweeper keeper, whereas Smithies, I think, is more of a traditional. He's an old school keeper, stay yeah, on the line, absolutely control defence. Absolutely, but that's definitely one of the the interesting battles uh, on Saturday. Um, but then we'll leave leave the Middlesbrough game there, and uh, after the break, we're going to be talking about free agents. <laughs> Well, Ben, one of the news uh, that broke this week was Lewis Holtby joining uh, Blackburn, which is a, a pretty good signing for them, I think. A man that Cardiff were linked to for a bit and a lot of fans were, were quite keen on um, on signing. But, what you know, we, we're going to talk about free agents and it doesn't seem that long ago that Warnock claimed that he was looking at 15 or 10 to 15 free agent targets. Nothing seemed to materialise from that and... Is that disappointing? Do you think? Do you think we could do with that extra body? And are you surprised that Warnock hasn't brought someone in? I think we could do with that extra body, but I'm really not surprised that no one's come in. Um, when he's coming out the week before saying players are asking for two, three-year contracts, and we're just not willing to give that, I think the writing was on the wall then. Of right, we're not getting anyone in. I think it was a bit of a mind game to someone possibly Holtby who has signed a two-year contract for Blackburn that. Um, look, we're not going to sign you that. You need to prove yourself at this club. Um, you look at Hoyle and Bamble when they came in as free agents. They got one-year deals, uh, worked hard, and have got improved contracts. Schumacher and Kieran Richardson didn't even get that, did they? I think they got till January. And look, they took a chance. It didn't work. Yeah. Um, it made sense at the time. And I think, yeah, you've got players then that also came in on loan during the promotion year. You had um, Jamie Ward and Adama Traore. Um, who came in and sort of looked to in a place they weren't. I know they weren't free agents, but they were basically signed with a view to look and see if they were good enough for a permanent move. And for, for whatever reason, I think Ward with injuries, um, Troy got a better offer for Turkey. Um, didn't happen. And um, I think Warnock's very old school with that. If you're out of contract, there's a reason no clubs picked you up. You need to drop your demands with your set and the price, not the uh, the club set the price there, not the player. Yeah. If you kind of look through the, uh, we're on. I'm on transfer mark to have got a uh, free agent list, and you go through some of the names, and there's still some, some pretty big names on there. The likes of Hatton Benafra, Freddie Guarin, you know, Danny Simpson still on there. You think maybe he could have done a job uh, competing with Peltier, a right back, Kasiki Honda. You know, you go through the list: Claudio Marquisio, Fabio Contrao. You know, some of those players, their wage demands maybe way above what, what Cardiff could could offer. But, you know, there's some players you go through and think, you know, they could be a, a pretty solid championship player, the likes of Joe Ledley or James Morrison, Gary Hooper. You know, are there any of those players that you think you'd like to see Cardiff go in for? Um, not really. Like, I think we need a midfielder. Um, 
for nostalgia reasons and sort of my own personal reasons, Joe Ledley's one of my favourite ever players for Wales and Cardiff. Um, I'd love to see him back at the club. But I think he's very much past his best. Um, there's people I think, yeah, is Mile Yednak still a free agent? I think yeah. he was he was one that I sort of thought about, but then there's obviously a reason no club's gone in for him. I think his legs started to go in and uh, at Villa, and that's why he's not been sort of picked up by anyone. Um, there's players that you sort of get, get distracted by the names and think they'd be an incredible sign-in, but there's obviously reasons why they've not been picked up. Um, but again, if they took that short-term contract, there's no gamble for City. If they're on a wage of whatever they're on short term, it's not really massive gamble. But if you're putting a player on a two-year contract from a free agent and it doesn't work out, then it's a real issue. That's why the club's not going for it. And it's sort of trying to be smart while we're sort of in a position of, oh, we need this. There's a reason Holtby didn't get picked up straight away when he got released in Germany. There's, there's underlying issues, whether it's fitness, whether it's attitude, whether it's personal life. Uh, we don't know, but there's a reason he wasn't picked up. But there's also players like, I think one of the positions that we're sort of criminally um, short-stacked on is left-back. Um, Traore um, has been back training with the club. He's been back at the Vale. I think he's been staying in the flat in Cardiff. I that just seemed like his... an obvious one to me. Yeah, it's just one of those ones of, look, he will come in. He won't take much. He won't take a huge wage. He wants to play. He's He's been speaking to fans on Instagram saying, look, if the club offered me a deal, I'd love to take it. Genuinely loved his time in Cardiff, didn't he? Yeah, and to be honest, I thought he was sort of hard done by by not getting a shout. Um, when he played, I thought he did really well. I know Warnock wanted Cunningham, and that's sort of probably why he didn't come in. But Cunningham's not worked out. He's gone to Blackburn. It seems like a very sensible one. Warnock knows him. Warnock knows how to manage him, probably better than any other manager. Um, it's one that I'd really consider us going for that for whatever reason there's obviously a reason look we don't know the back story we don't know what's going on there might have been discussions there might not it's like i said we know nothing we're purely speculating but it seems like an obvious sort of warnock sort of player but then i think yednak was an obvious sort of warnock player hard working determined can hit the ball yeah pick pass he seemed like another one that i thought when pack went injured i thought mm, there's someone that i think warnock will look at that come sort of we won't expect and come out of the blue and yeah not even linked I don't think we've had any reports of us linked with him for because whatever reason did Warnock manage him at Crystal Palace it would have he did been, yeah yeah, yeah, so have, yeah you think you'd know him quite well uh, and you, you've mentioned Traore and, and also Joe Ledley some other ex-Cardiff players on on this list we've got Jordan Much Ross McCormack and amazingly Peter Whittingham still listed as a free agent I thought Whittingham had officially retired that's I what I wrong. thought, but he, he's on here. But uh, any of those uh, take your fancy? Jordan Much is too busy at an EDL rally. Um, Ross <laughs> McCormack is too busy, stuck behind gates to get let out. Um, neither of them scream players I'd want to bring in. Um, Jordan Much's Instagram likes uh, and Twitter likes are enough to make anyone nauseous. So you don't want him anywhere near the squad. Um yeah, it's sort of there's a lot of nostalgia with those players. I think Ross McCormack's best days are behind him. I'm really surprised he's not gone back out to the A League. He seems to do really well out there. Uh, Craig Noon's having a great time out there. Adam Lafondre's having a whale of a time out there from what he's been the way he's been playing. Um, yeah, they seem sort of better options out there. I know it was much out in Thailand, played in or Indonesia. Something his like last that. Club. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was in the MLS, wasn't he? With um... Was Vancouver. it Vancouver? Yeah. Yeah. 
and it didn't work out there. Um, his career has nosedived beyond belief. Um, again, one one of the players that sort of left Cardiff and really didn't think about his future and just didn't work out at QPR, didn't work out at Palace. Because he was generally like, very good for us in the in the Premier League. Oh, he was outstanding. Um, I could be player of the season. Um, I think, who won player of the season that year? Marshall, was it? David Marshall, yeah, because obviously he was outstanding. But um, yeah, Jordan Much did really well, a couple of important goals. I, I still remember his pass for Campbell against uh, Man United. That yeah. ball threading it through was incredible. And um, yeah, to see a player like that, who's obviously got the skills sort of frozen out and no one's looking at him. Again, it's just wages could be too high, not wanting to take the wage cut, or it could be personal issues. Um, it's hard to tell. But yeah, if there's players like that you've seen, it's really sad to see how they've sort of gone unnoticed. Uh, I'm amazed someone like Hooper hasn't been picked up by the Scottish club. He seems like he's, I'm sure he'd be at Hearts or Hibs by now. Well, there's probably still Cardiff fans that think he's training behind Kenza Hall. Oh, God, yeah, that was brilliant. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. They were certain, weren't they? And the other um, the other ex-Cardiff fan just stumbled across is, is James Collins at, at centre-half, who, you know, 35 or something now, probably passed it, but nostalgic, isn't it? Seeing these oh, it is, yeah. It still worries me that he's 35. I remember him him and Gab sort of playing sort of really early on in Indian Park. 36, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, you sort of think of him, you still think of him as one, one still to develop, really come through. But um, yeah, I think his best days are behind him, sort of injury issues when he went to Ipswich for half a season. But yeah, if you could get, there's some players in there that in their prime, you could put together a hell of a squad. Yeah, But there's no one, no one really you sort of think, right, bust the bank and sign them on a two-year contract. Sign him on a three-year deal. Really, is there? You can see why yeah. the club's been so cautious and saying, "Nah, this isn't for me." Um, if you want a six-month contract, want to earn yourself a long-term contract, then come on board. But um, yeah, there's no one there you'd really want to bust the bank and sort of break—not break a wage structure, but sort of pay a decent wage to sort of similar players that are club are on now. Because you think Yednak at uh, Villa was on a decent whack. Uh, Joe Ledley was at Derby. Clearly on a decent sum, um, they're gonna not. They're not gonna be on what they want, but they're still gonna be on a decent wage. And to do that for two years when you're not sure what fit, what state they're in, it's not really worth it. Yeah, because even you look at someone like Danny Simpson, who, you know, like I said, I thought would be a good option for Lee Peltier. I, I, you know, I don't think he'd guaranteed start over Peltier. He'd even want, you know, thirty grand a week, something like that, which is, you know, a lot of money for a club like Cardiff. Oh, massive! It's in the championship. It's a big sum, unless you've got thirty-two red paying half the wages and paying them as a coach. <laughs> there's not, there's not a lot we can do to bring those sort of players in. Our wage structure is strict, and I sort of, I kind of like that. We're not trying to. All right, we spent twenty million in the summer, but we also brought a lot back on on players like Bobby Reed, uh, Kenzo Hall. Um, our net spend wasn't massive, but it's um, it's not a risk we've taken, really, is it? No, it's not. I've forgotten about Bobby Reed till he said then. You almost... Uh, so full of the things. You forgot, forgot he was a footballer. You don't see him on a pitch anymore, do you? No. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, there's just no one there. It's a strange one. Danny Simpson, um, I thought someone like Sheffield United would pick him up. Premier League experience. Premier League winner. Uh, yeah, Premier League winner. Wow, yeah. Um, terrible banter on Twitter, though, with Jamie Carragher. Um <laughs> 
but it's just yeah he's um he's one that I thought would be picked up by a bottom half Premier League side or someone like who are the big spenders sort of not Leeds but that's a tough one to think in the championship now is there really anyone in the championship that's willing to break the bank and pay the wages yeah, West Brom a lot West... less this year than than in previous years isn't there yeah, it's not like you're looking at going, other than obviously the Wayne Rooney deal, you're not looking at going, how the hell are they affording that? Stoke, probably the big ones, and they're at the bottom. Yeah. They're probably the ones most guilty of it. West Brom aren't exactly, okay, they're paying uh, Charlie Austin a decent whack. But um, yeah, there's Fulham don't really need him. There's no one in the championship other than that he's going to go for on that money. He's not going to end up with someone like Redden or Luton, is he? Well, he's go- not gonna- Google tells me that he's training with Huddersfield. Yeah, I could see that so, possibly. Yeah. Um, yeah, that wouldn't be a bad move for him actually. Um, but again, are they going to willing to spend the money? They've they invested heavily in the Premier League. They're trying to sort of bring it back in line to where they are. It's um, and they had a terrible start with the Cowley brothers coming in as well. It's um, it's an interesting time for all of them. Um, I think it's tough for. I think you're looking a lot less at the free agent market. People are sort of seeing before, oh, he's 32, he's 33, he's got a couple of years left. I think teams are getting put off. Oh, he's 30, he's on the decline. We're not going to take that risk. Um, I think if you're going into sort of last season with that, a contract now, you're going to really struggle to find a new club. There's a lot of lot of big names out there that aren't getting that free agent list, that are staying on that free agent list long term. Yeah. No, I agree. But we'll leave it there for this this week. Thanks so much for, for joining it, as usual. And uh, here's the three points on Saturday. Let's hope so, mate. All the best. See you soon. Ta-ra.